0: Welcome back, listeners. Today we are kicking off a special series of the Code Story podcast entitled Growth Mode On, sponsored by our good friends at GrowthMatch. GrowthMatch helps tech companies grow their audience, supercharge their sales, and activate thought leadership in their industry. They are turning entrepreneurs into thought leaders one video at a time and by utilizing fractional growth teams. You can learn more by going to the site growthmatch.com slash code story. Well, today I have a special guest on the Code Story podcast, Zach Fragapani. He is the CEO of GrowthMatch, growthmatch.com, the sponsor to this series, Growth Mode On. Zach, before we go too far, please tell my audience a little bit more about you.
1: I am the co-founder at GrowthMatch. I'm co-founder with my really good friend, Shelby Stevens. We were friends for, well, we're friends now for 16 years. We have been co-founders together for six, the entire time we've been building businesses in the freelance economy, um, service and talent marketplaces, or SaaS tools for freelancers. Right now, my primary job, even though I'm as a co-founder on every team, my, my primary job is running our revenue team. So all of our sales and marketing work streams. I also lead our customer discovery team, continuously getting to know our ideal customers, testing out different customer segments, finding the best, and then uh, very importantly, studying our competitors. I, I've been a founder, like I said, for the past six years. I am a, an SEO and content marketer by trade, but one who came up in like the 2007 days, which ended up providing me a very big SEO hammer in my tool belt. So it was like a digital marketing product manager combo. I was hired by RetailMeNot right as they were like a rocket ship to the moon. I got to work underneath and with some like really brilliant people as we were ranking for Macy's coupons terms. We were sometimes even ranking like above like Amazon promo code terms than Amazon. That was a really great ride. And we went public. We went then private in 2017. And that gave me somewhat of the financial leeway. To strike out on my own, and so I just I love helping CEOs, founders, entrepreneurs, freelancers, uh, agency owners, service business owners, really anyone who's growing a company and feels responsible for the growth in some way. Um, I love helping them.
0: Let's dive into Growth Match. So, as a reminder, you know we had Shelby on the show, um, you know last year to talk about Growth Match, but I'd love a refresher or a reminder for the audience of what Growth Match is.
1: What Growth Match does is it offers specialized, packaged growth services to products and services companies, usually those that are digital or tech enabled. B2B SaaS companies, professional services businesses, marketing agencies, these are our customers. Um, we're either selling into a CEO, founder, all the way down to a, a content marketing manager, social media marketer, SEO marketer, depending on the size of the company. What GrowthMatch is under the hood is an actively managed marketplace of supremely talented growth specialists, usually freelancers or micro agencies. It's a t- tiny, tiny so We have a real love for the independent worker here being growth match our talent is deepest in marketing sales and design Uh, but as a lot of us know growth is incredibly cross-functional it's a team effort which is why our packaged services are so exciting to us they're executed by cross-functional teams of our specialists but the relationship between the client is actively managed by us at growth match and because the packaged service is so niche. We ourselves know we use the service itself. And so we know exactly what best practices are, what transparency looks like, what outcome orientation looks like. And so we manage the relationship with this cross-functional team we've assembled from our talent marketplace.
0: Super cool. Okay. So it's, it's centered around the idea of like, you know, a fractional growth team. What is that? Tell me what that is and what types of people are included there?
1: Fractional is just a, you know, en vogue buzzword right now for part-time. So that's um, that's all that means. And a fractional growth team is much like a a full-time growth team you would see in Uber or any other high-growth, like, unicorn business. It's a cross-functional group of part-time people with the right set of hard skills and past experiences to execute on certain growth strategies. Which combination of skills and experiences this team might have is uh, you know dependent on a few factors. What's the growth engine you're testing or optimizing? Is it outbound sales, content marketing, SEO? Is it paid ads, paid media? Is it some form of, of partnerships? The the second way is the turbo boost, as we call it. Like I you know a big believer in and proponent of the race car growth from framework. So. What one-time bump in awareness slash traffic are they attempting? The other way in which you might combine skills and experiences on a cross-functional growth team is via the customer. Have they sold into enterprise, SMBs, government organizations, sole proprietors, freelancers, individual consumers? And then finally, the fourth really big criteria you might use to determine who is on a cross-functional growth team is the solution category, right? Are they a SaaS person or do they know marketplaces in and out, e-commerce, communities, social networks, consumer mobile apps? These are another way you might assemble a cross-functional growth team based on their skills and experiences. A a really common example is your B2B SaaS revenue team. Depending on your size, you, you might have a CRO, a VP of sales, an account executive, an SDR, BDR. And then they are paired up with a series of marketers who have different skills and experiences, a a CMO, a content marketer, perhaps a paid ad specialist, uh, a a brand and messaging positioning specialist. So this is uh, how a fractional growth team is put together. It's important to note though, that like, as we mentioned, growth is this very cross-departmental, cross-functional thing. So at larger companies, Growth teams are supported by product managers, designers, ops people, sometimes even legal or finance people. Anything to make sure that the the skill sets and experiences required on that team in order to be trusted with autonomy are there and present.
0: That's interesting. And it brings up some questions for me. This whole fractional growth team, right? And hiring people, hiring growth team members around content, sales, your marketing and it makes me wonder with fractional growth teams and hiring full-time folks, like what where is the the hiring at right now for this sort of growth talent you know for this year and and perhaps even before? so you know what is the what is the future of hiring for growth talent look like? You have a lot of different
1: existing solutions when it comes to hiring growth talent, right? You have hiring full-time employees. You have hiring agencies. You have hiring freelancers from a freelance marketplace. And then like on a different angle or like a different plane, you have the concept of maybe hiring generalists versus specialists. Where I see 2023 going And beyond when it comes to hiring growth talent, I think you're going to see fractional growth teams with the right set of skills, experiences, and who have a process super dialed in be the best way for companies to fill skill gaps around marketing and hit marketing and sales goals. Uh, It's just the best way. Something's been really happening interesting in service marketplaces that i think is informative of how the rest of talent marketplaces and the freelance economy are going in general they are becoming more niche right we are seeing the great unbundling of upwork and fiverr what's happening is that the more and more niche your marketplace gets the more and more niche your service gets The more likely it is that the third party that connected you is good at the thing that, that, you know, the type of work you are connecting them for in the first place. The bar for marketplaces is no longer thoughtful matchmaking and connection, right? It's not enough. You have to be an active, managed marketplace. You have to not only matchmake and connect, but manage the relationship between the two parties. And that's really exciting me because that's what's been missing, right? With only two parties, you've got one party who's not good at something, hiring someone who claims they are. And party A has no idea how to manage that person. They don't know what best practices look like. They don't know what to ask for in order for the freelancer or anyone else to be transparent. But the moment you introduce a third party in the mix who has both Sides' best interests at heart, this whole thing, this whole dynamic changes. You now have a beacon of transparency in the relationship. You have someone who can dictate best practices and make sure everyone follows them. You have someone who can follow up and project manage day to day and knows the right questions to ask. It's no longer this thing that we hear from our demand side customers, right? The people who are buying or are hiring on growth match. Uh, this is another thing I have to do. It's a, it's a no, this is the, we're meeting deliverables. We're helping you hit your revenue and growth goals. And we're taking things off of your plate, not putting them on.
0: I suspect, you know, there's a correlated answer to this next one, but you started an SEO and content marketing. So, so you know, this world, where's the future of those channels headed? And I, I suspect it's correlated to your, your answer, but your prior answer.
1: Yeah, it's such an interesting question, and I think about it all the time. And, you know, this is coming from a person who admittedly, my late night routine is instead of Netflix these days, I'll half scroll TikTok and half talk to ChatGPT, right? And it seems to me that there are these two movements headed in the exact opposite direction at the exact same incredibly fast speed. and It is so funny to me, right? We've got, you know, search engines are inevitably headed towards ChatGPT. You saw Google announce BARD. They are launching a competitor to ChatGPT, right? They have probably the long time data advantage, maybe not the the early uh, adopter or first mover advantage, but you know, Google, Yeah, I trust Google to pull off a good product there. When I talk to my friends about have they used ChatGPT, they're like, yeah, no. They don't imagine using it as a search engine, right? And it's just such a better solution for acquiring information than a search engine results page, which is where I lived the first half of my life is looking through the SERPs. What's my ranking? Am I getting any of those additional call outs they put? On the listings, is my title and meta tag matching? The, the search engine results page is such an inferior solution to a, a robot writing you an answer. That admittedly is sometimes wrong, but like so is a human. So is Google, right? Like in my mind, it's just the same. <laughs> so that's where SEO is headed. It's headed in the AI direction. Similarly, content marketing is headed in the AI direction via generating about ai written text which everyone's heard of i'm sure it's been on your podcast a ton already but consumers are completely inundated by text now right because robots can do it and they can do it fine You, you know there are ways to plug it through uh various tools to at least make it so that ai detectors can pick it up but It's not valuable, or at least it's not fun and entertaining. What's happening in return and in the opposite direction is that people are craving and sprinting towards short-form, human-featured video content. I mean, think of all the different social media giants that have bolted on short video in the past years. I think I just saw that Amazon released a short video product, right? And TikTok, I, I can't tell if it's the number one or number two website in the world. It seems to be like duking it out with Google for that. But that fact alone is just proof that, yes, we are sprinted towards AI written content. But it's almost like at the exact same time, we are sprinting in the opposite direction towards authoritative, short form human featured video content.
0: Okay so then let's let's switch to to founders and key executives you know who are trying to support their business grow their business get the word out would be the potential needers of a you know a fractional growth team of of having these growth initiatives to things what's what's one thing that they're not doing but you know they should be A couple of common mistakes founders make
1: there's a, you know there's this deep intellectual honesty intellectual curiosity uh, I think that relationships get in the way But from a purely functional standpoint, have you filled all of your major gaps, right? Have you hired someone who's been there, done that with your customer and your solution in terms of running your revenue team, running your product team, and running what what we call your discovery team, the, the, the person who knows the space, the industry, the customer very well? Making sure that you hire someone incredibly senior, incredibly experienced to run those functions, even if you have to pay them fractionally, even if you have to pay them out of equity, that's the best option. Hire senior first, fractional first, equity advisor first, as long as they're bought in and they have the hard skills, experiences and personality fit For those big three work streams right your 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 revenue your product and your discovery pay up uh, hire fractionally offer equity start senior the next one is like don't hire full-time employees At, at the start right this is a big common mistake is the different types of hiring relationships you have available to you most founders do not consider all right? You do not have to hire a full-time employee. You do not have to hire an agency. You don't have to go on Upwork and hire an individual freelancer. You can instead hire pre-vetted fractional people who specialize in a particular endeavor, who specialize in solving the problem you keep on running up against. The, the mistake is that they don't consider enough options when it comes to how they might fill gaps on their team, all the different ways of hiring and team building. And I, I just don't think that they're exploring the realm of pre-vetted freelance specialists enough. And then the third way is really just the angle of generalists versus specialists it's it's not that I'm like anti-generalist at all, right? We've got this concept of the T-shaped marketer for a reason. You need to be intelligent and you need to have a broad set of skills as it relates to the general discipline. But you also need the stem of the tree in the T. You need that one area in which you specialize. And great fractional growth teams pair up people who have very complementary sets of deep specializations. The fractional growth team of specialists is, in my opinion, especially for growing companies, people who are cost conscious, or people who are simply just trying to, to launch a new work stream, launch a new department. That's the best way to do it. Now, there's some caveats there. You're going to want to manage them with someone who knows what good looks like. If it gets to be... A position. If you start to really grow and you start to have a work stream that absolutely needs a leader, then I, I'm I'm totally willing to concede that a full time employee is best there. But it's just it's not enough. It's not off enough that founders consider a fractional team of specialists as their best hiring option. And that's really what Growth Match is trying uh, to deliver to people.
0: Okay. So, as you know, founders, as builders, and things, my audience know that you know B two B companies they feel like they should be making more content right now. Um, in, in your you know perspective as the 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 leader of of Growth Match here, what, should they be doing this, and, and if so, what type? Every
1: business that intends to thrive and grow needs to be creating content. They need to be doing it consistently. It should be good and creative. It should represent their latest thoughts and it should be widely distributed, right? It should help them maintain an active social presence. So the short answer to your question is absolutely yes. There's really no stage at which you are too early to start creating content of some kind. In terms of what what type, I talked about this earlier, but we're just being inundated by AI written text right now. And while I encourage people to, to to fully embrace the AI revolution and use those tools to help you be more productive and perhaps fill in your own personal skill gaps, help you learn faster, it's also creating this run in the other direction towards human feature short video content. And that's what I think B2B companies Should be spending their time on and focusing their resources on is is short video content that features the humans in the organization who are the subject matter experts, usually the leaders. The problem is these leaders don't have a lot of time, right? They they're constantly pressed for time. They don't have all of the skills in house to be able to pull this off, right? They might have some. They probably don't have a video marketing specialist who specializes in short video format meant for wide distribution on social. They perhaps don't have a social media manager specialized in pulling out quotables, writing in someone else, else's voice, uh, scheduling it for the right proper time, and then analyzing the results of the content and using that to feed the next round of interviews. That's like a very full system. It's essentially a system we've built to let someone continuously run social and content experiments and over time get better at it um, using reach and ROI from content posted as the ultimate metric. It's a shift. The shift requires time from the big leaders. The big leaders don't have that time. The in-house teams don't have the full set of skills and experiences necessary, and they certainly don't have an incredibly dialed-in system to do it at scale and in a way that doesn't skip the most important part, which is the analysis.
0: Uh, That's a great answer, and I appreciate that. Okay. So flipping over to the other side, right? B2B companies want to grow via outbound sales. Everybody wants to grow, right? But via sales, what are some of the ways they can be improving upon this, either with growth match or with the state of the industry? You tell me.
1: Maybe this is a somewhat unpopular answer right now because, you know, we're in a recession and what you're seeing B2B companies do is cut marketing. The problem is, and we know this from Gartner, Forrester, all of the companies that have been studying this with real data, that especially as customer segments get younger, and we start getting into millennials and Gen Z, the length of the buyer journey for these buyers before they even have one conversation with a salesperson is expanding dramatically, right? It gets up to like 90% of the buying journey has already been happening for Gen Zs in certain types of B2B sales. So we're seeing marketing get budgets get cut while we're seeing the length of the customer journey before anyone talks to sales go way up. And so I would, discourage companies from cutting marketing right now, despite feeling traditional like it's the salespeople that close the deals and bring in the money. These salespeople need air cover, right? They need air cover in the form of brand awareness. They need to be top of mind, right? They need to be sending messages that are more like, hey, so-and-so, my CEO just shared this video. About solving the very problem we were discussing when we had our last interview. I hope you find it valuable. That kind of message converts to a response rate way higher than your standard ping or, you know, bump or like thoughts, you know, like following up. That's a lame sales follow up. A really good sales follow up is, hey, The thought leader at my company just posted this. I thought you would find it interesting. Let's keep top of mind. You know, that's the kind of thing that's not just going to build trust, make the salesperson seem like more of of an authority. It's going to have immediate ROI benefits driven by increased response rates.
0: Okay. Sticking on companies and where they're struggling. Companies are struggling to measure growth experiment. So you're saying, okay, don't cut your marketing, do it in a smarter way, give air cover for sales. I like that. You got to make content you got to make it in the right way, but with growth experiments, you know, in, in marketing and sales, do you have any advice for those folks of how to accurately measure those things instead of just, you know, throwing spaghetti on the wall and, and seeing what sticks?
1: The discipline to do real growth experimentation especially at the startup level is going to be such a differentiator for in my opinion between those companies that end up succeeding and those that don't people struggle with growth experimentation in my experience at at two levels first of all they, they they don't even do it at all they don't even think about it right which is part and parcel with the problem like they don't write out what their growth experiments are essentially what are their bets for achieving their goals and desired outcomes so they don't do it at all that would be uh, my first piece of advice is do it you know treat your goals you know or break your goals down to a series of experiments you're going to run to achieve them right i think it's more important that people just agree with the general spirit that you should be thinking in an experiment oriented type of way So developing buy-in in in that, I think it's really important. Teresa Torres is someone who I I love uh, for this, like the the whole um, opportunity solution tree diagram she's put together. I think that blog is like eight years old now, that particular post, but I reread it every month. The part that gets skipped, even if you did Define the growth experiment, the part that always gets the least amount of attention but should get the most amount of attention is the analysis after the fact. And the way you solve for that is that you build the reporting necessary to tell if the growth experiment is going to be successful ahead of time. You don't get to start the growth experiment until you've built the reporting that will tell you if it's a success or if it's a failure. And then finally, and this is like, in my opinion, growth experiment 301, 401 class, and don't let applying those lessons ruin the 101 level, is the people who are the absolute best at growth experiments will say what they will do in the case that the experiment is a success or a failure ahead of time and stick with it. That's the 401 level. I've Truthfully, I've never gotten there. I think I've gotten to the first three levels, but the just true confidence to say, this is what success is. This is what it is not. And, uh, this is what hap- and this is what flat looks like. And for all three of those scenarios, this is what we're going to do. Say it ahead of time and then stick to it. That's ninja level. I'm not there.
0: Okay. So let's switch to growth match then. And, you know, I've learned a lot from what you've told me around content, and sales and fractional teams. And it seems like you and Shelby have made this super simple and super easy to, to engage with growth match and, and get these things going for businesses. So, you know, tell me about your thought leadership content package. Give me some more context there.
1: Customers for our customers, right? Individuals or decision makers at, at, at businesses they crave human featured thoughtful short video right now we've talked about it ceos and founders know it the cem the cmos of those companies know it and of course the content marketing social media and seo managers of the company know about it they are constantly pulling their hair out trying to create excellent video at scale uh we feel for those people but the problem is the company's subject matter experts who could create that awesome thoughtful content are often the leaders at the company who don't have a lot of time and they don't have all the in-house expertise to do this. And they might have a few people, but they don't have the full suite, right? They don't have someone who specializes in interviews to extract expertise. They don't know how to capture excellent source footage. They don't specialize or they don't have a specialized video editor. Uh, they might have an overworked SEO manager or social media manager and they, and, and they often lack Good dashboards to measure their experiments uh, in content and posting on social. So what we've done is we've assembled a fractional growth team that only does this, and it consists of three people, and we manage them. So we are the third party uh, account managing the beacon of transparency, best practices and outcome orientation, managing these three people. So the first is a thought leadership content strategist. This is a person who is first trained by me on exactly how to do an excellent discovery interview. They are often themselves an amazing podcaster in their own right. And so they are really good, like you are, at just asking questions that draw out people's expertise. Uh, And they're also responsible for directing and engaging performance. And they're really good at that also in the first interview this thought leadership strategist who's who's really talented at just knowing a good video audio lighting and background setup will do an audit and make sure that that all looks good if it's not we send our customers who sign up in their first month a welcome pack with better cameras better microphones better video lights anything they need to set up a recurring home or office studio for recording high quality video and capturing that important source footage I was mentioning. Then the actual process from there is that the thought leadership content strategist does a 30 to 60 minute recorded interview with the leader or subject matter expert. And then the video marketer who specializes in short video edits and doing so uh, such that it creates a format that is optimized for distribution on different social media channels cuts that video that longer recorded interview into bite-sized videos right then a social media manager looks at the videos uh looks at the transcript and writes the text for the post in, and and a few other text posts in addition based on quotables really great quotes from the interview and that's how all the social posts are put together. Uh, there's a period where the client can edit and approve, but that content is getting out there no matter what, because consistency is super important. Uh, once these posts are published, if you're a salesperson, you are prompted to share this with prospects to optimize response rates. If you are a non-salesperson, you're prompted to at the very least like it, but hopefully comment or repost is kind of the gold standard there especially if you do so with a thoughtful repost or content. That done in the first 10 minutes, the first hour, and the first eight hours are really important in particular to LinkedIn's algorithm. And then finally we've built pre-existing dashboards. So we just hook in your social credentials and our system kicks out the necessary reports to see how we're doing. There are your more brand awareness and brand credibility type metrics like follower counts, reach of posts, organic views, impressions, etc. But then there are more actionable reports like what was your top post and what type of content was it and how are your different posts performing against each other based on KPIs are the best leading indicator of ROI we can possibly get. Those are the types of topics we're going to double down on next season. So that's what the content is. Uh, That's what the package is. The fully managed thought leadership content team of three people, the recorded interview, the video posts, the additional text posts, the scheduling of it all to go out. The publishing notifications to boost engagement, and then the pre-built dashboard reports. They can let you know that the content experiments you're putting out are actually working, and uh, you know which ones are performing the best. So it's a it's a fully dialed-in productized service with the right team and the right set of best practices, step by step by step, to ensure results.
0: It sounds like if someone was approaching growth match and needing growth, you've got everything they need to make that happen. You've got it all. I'm curious why, why start with thought leadership though? Why, why start there? And I could probably extract points from what you just said, but, but I want to, I want to ask it directly.
1: It's a good point. Like we've already talked about all the value, just the content creation and the social component of our offering are right. They've got brand awareness, Brand credibility. They've got immediately direct response customer acquisition benefits, uh, either via your 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 customers seeing your posts and becoming leads, or your salespeople reaching out with the content and getting higher response rates. People seeing your profile, clicking on you know a link to your website and filling out a lead form. So there's there's a lot of longer term brand awareness and brand credibility benefits to our, our service. But there's also the, the direct response, ROI, sales enablement, uh, sales outreach, uh, direct organic social customer acquisition benefits we talked about. So like why also start with thought leadership? There's a couple reasons for that, right? There's actually several. First of all, it just makes it a little bit more niche, right? It makes it easier for us to manage it, it's, it's it's a popular, prevalent, existing solution right now. So there are some marketing benefits to that. But one of the first reasons is because it narrows us even further. And that's what makes a really, really, really great productized service is its, its narrow quality. It, it helps you manage it better. It helps it be more valuable. It helps you iterate on it quicker. The second one is that like buyer journeys are extending. We talked about this, right? Gartner, Forrester, they all uh, have been running studies uh, at least since 2014 on this, but especially as buyer demographics get younger, they start to become millennials and the Gen Z's more and more of the buyer's journey is spent before a prospect has ever had their first sales call, right? Before they've had even a single conversation with a salesperson and During that top and mid-funnel stage is where a company has the opportunity to establish trust and earn the customer's deepest consideration, right? And thought leadership content, especially when it features the founders or C-level executives, is incredibly effective not only at building that trust, but helping the business stay top of mind for that customer when the timing's right. You know, a customer could have the problem... They could have a bad existing solution. They might even have budget. But sometimes I've heard, you know, I've, I've had an objection that it's just bad timing. Uh, I couldn't get the sale and it, it, was, it was what it was. What you want to do is even for those things you can't really account for as a salesperson, do your best to stay top of mind. And posting consistently, responding to comments on your posts and posting, frankly, on your prospects posts are commenting on your prospects posts is a really, really, really great way to stay top of mind. Uh, and so as a result, thought leadership in particular, it's a pretty prevalent solution. But uh, we at Growth Match think we've got a system that is super dialed in and can deliver results for clients quickly. And as a result of that, surprisingly affordably.
0: Okay. So with growth match, there's two sides you're offering, right? You're offering your services to businesses, but on, on the other side, you've got the, you know, the growth marketers, sales, the, the the folks that are coming in to help you on the fractional side, how do you get good people to join growth match? What, what is in it for them? We're a source of
1: business for them. And that's an incredibly powerful motivator. We can help them find their next client their next long-term client, um, and, and, and really build their book of business and fill, fill their pipeline. And that's one of the most powerful value propositions out there. The way we find really good people is we put them through a pretty intense process. Both Shelby and I have run agencies. We've both been freelancers. We know both that side of the business, and then we know what we're good at. We put together a a seven-minute application process that freelancers and micro-agencies need to fill out thoughtfully in order to be accepted into our marketplace. And I'll tell you all right now, the most important question on there is the one about process. We have come to find that practitioners all have great processes, all of them, right? And a process is really just a combination of a set of mindset shifts you get into to do your work well, a set of keystone habits that if you do them makes every other type of work you have to do downstream of it easier and third and most importantly a step by step method right imagine your customer is on one side of a river of sharks and their goals are on the you know the other side this is not my analogy but you're the person that says oh you haven't seen this bridge you step here then you step here Then you step here, then you step here, and look, you're over the river of sharks uh, and onto the land of your goals. And so that's the most important thing is that uh, when people fill out their application, they can illustrate for us that they have a great process, a great step-by-step method, mindset shifts, and uh, keystone habits as well.
0: Awesome. Love that. Okay, I, I wanna I wanna ask this last question because, you know, we, we've talked about the the value of content, the fractional approach, the the sales approach, all of all of the things that Growth Match brings to the table. Who uses Growth Match to take? Tell me a story. Tell me one of your success stories from from the brands you've gone at and helped.
1: Yeah, I'd love to tell. Two quick stories if it's okay because i want to explain my story that you're never too early and you're never too late both to get into thought leadership as a content strategy or into short video so the first example is a company that is in complete stealth mode you know they have no customers right now they're building out their mvp but they are doing a tremendous job of posting on social right now and building a following getting engagement the person the, the ceo is a guy named nathan Taylor. Out of Austin, Texas, uh, X LinkedIn, X Canva. The company's current name, it's, it's stealth name is longevity project X. He knows the, the tailwinds that you get when you get thought leadership status and coming from a sales background. He knows he doesn't want to put his go to market team in a place where they have zero brand awareness, zero credibility going into outbound sales. Right. And he also knows which is very rare, that this type of presence online is very much going to help him when he goes out and goes fundraising. The output on social went up 800%. They're getting massive engagement on their posts, and they're establishing themselves as a thought leader in a space where, although they have tremendously great advisors who are industry experts, he is an ex-LinkedIn, ex-Canva sales executive. He just cares a lot about this particular space he himself has done a lot of work and studying and he finally feels like he has content to share with the world especially after working with his advisors so that's one example the next example is a company called leaders atlas right they are run by a guy named abe sorock and andrew sherman they are a global management consulting firm they are performance advisors to global executives so they're like a more pointed More specific Bain or McKinsey, right? They're, they're better at the in particular components of leadership management and improving team engagement, retention, performance and morale. And, you know, they've used growth matches thought leadership, right? They're going after an extremely big global CMO type customer, right? Like they have global deals with IDC, HP, other customers like VIPKid and Microsoft. They're going after a gigantic company. They've been around four or five years, right? And they've used Growth Matches Thought Leadership content packages to surpass over 10K followers for Abe, the CEO himself, and the the company page itself also is seeing massive boosts in follower counts, output and engagement. With an enterprise level customer, you're not expecting that in a short amount of time to be able to ROI. But if it ROIs with just one customer, it'll 10X their investment in the package itself. And it's because it's affordable, right? It's because these fractional specialists have done this very niche package growth service for a lot, you know, a lot of different iterations of our customers. And so we're able to charge well for it. So. That's a, Those are two stories, both small and big, of companies who have used our offering to great success.
0: I think those are both really interesting illustrations of how you're providing success for people at multiple stages. Well, Zach, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I've learned so much around the market, the industry itself, content, growing sales, fractional teams, and how growth Match is facilitating this for folks I know my audience is going to gain so much from this episode and by checking you out at Growth Match. Again, Zach, thank you for being on the show today.
1: Yeah, absolutely, no.
0: What an amazing way to kick off our new series, Growth Mode On, with Zach, the co founder of Growth Match. Big takeaways were that while AI is dominating the content headlines, customers are being drawn towards short form video content and thought leadership. And the fastest way to do this for startups and companies is to make use of a fractionalized workforce, one ready and managed by our friends at GrowthMatch. As a reminder, you can learn more about GrowthMatch and their fractional growth teams and packages by going to growthmatch.com codestory. And thanks again for listening.